The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Welcome to On The Mat. I am Kyle Klingman of Track Wrestling, along with Andy Jewel Junction Hamilton, also of Track Wrestling. How are you, Andrew? What does that mean, Kyle? Jewel Junction. Jewel Junction. Jewel Junction is the second largest city in Hamilton County, which is where you are from. Jewel. Yeah. Jewel Junction. Yeah, it's called Jewel Junction. What? Yeah, I looked it up. I don't know if anybody's ever called it Jewel Junction before. Well, that's the official name. I looked it up. Wikipedia never lies, does it? I've seen some lies on Wikipedia. Yes, me too. But that's what I saw was Jewel Junction. I like that name. I'm not even from there, Kyle. I know, but it's appropriate for you because you're a jewel in the sport. We're at a junction where people have to make decisions <laughs> on... Whether they're going to get the world championship coverage from track wrestling and there's only one right decision, that answer is yes. You need to get them all. Cadet, junior, U23s, and of course the big boy, senior world championships, all streaming on track wrestling at various times. But our focal point for this show is going to be cadet and juniors because we have a cadet world team member in Richie Figueroa. We have a junior world team member in Aaron Brooks. They're both on one show. We're very excited about that. Hey, and they were both in the finals of their respective world championships last year. A couple silver medalists a year ago, Figueroa and Cadets, of course, and Brooks, Cadet champ in 2017, junior finalist last year. Lots of upside with those guys. Bright, bright wrestling futures ahead of them. And I think as the youth movement is continuing to manifest itself, you want to watch these guys earlier. I know I do. I know that I don't want to miss out on the next Spencer Lee or the next Dayton Fix or the next Gable Stevenson. I want to know about these guys now, which is why I'm so passionate about making sure that people know about these events and watch these events because you want to stay current. You want to know what's going on and you want to see the stars before they become stars and they're stars now, but they're going to be bigger stars once they get into college and Richie Figueroa going to Arizona state, Aaron Brooks going to Penn state. And those are two big time programs right now. They're, they're making waves. They're doing a lot of great things. You see them in the NCAA championship finals. You've seen Arizona state against Penn state the last two years at 174. And who knows what you're going to see in the coming years with, Aaron Brooks and Richie, Richie Figueroa. I know they will not wrestle in the finals, though. <laughs> well, they may, no just not against each other. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure not against each other. I think you're, you're looking at maybe a, a lifetime 125-pounder in Figueroa, and who knows where he ends up with Aaron Brooks, 74, 84, one of those two weight classes. But I'll tell you, I love. I just love telling the story, man. You told me about Aaron Brooks. You had me watch the matches. And for those who don't know, watch Aaron Brooks. He's a star. He's so much fun to watch, brings all the chemistry, everything that you want in a wrestler. He's that complete package and just can't wait to see him at Junior Worlds this year. And I hope he gets the gold. 
I was mesmerized watching it. The, the very first match I watched him in person, wrestled the Georgian in the opening round of the Cadet World Championships over in Athens, Greece. And I have never seen someone break somebody in a minute and a half. But it was clear about 90 seconds in that that Georgian was not a big fan of wrestling Aaron Brooks. It was constant circling, shooting, faking, ducking, dodging, nonstop movement. I've never seen someone who's that skilled, that athletic, that goes that hard to, as he did in that match. And and it was 14 to 3, uh, or excuse me, 14 to, to 2. And the two points that the Georgians scored were off a Jonesy tilt that inter- international officials probably just not accustomed to seeing that in, in freestyle. They awarded the points to the wrong guy. And now later in the in the tournament, uh, they got the call right when when Aaron performed that hole, but uh, and he's just a delight to watch because he can go score a lot of points in a hurry in a lot of different ways and in uh, dynamic, explosive offense. And as he tightens some things down, I think he will in the in the future. He's going to be even more of a handful. We're a month or two out from those events happening, but put them on your calendar: July 29th through August fourth is the Cadet World Championships, August 12th through 18th, Junior World Championships. Tune into track to watch both of those events. And as we look at other events that just took place, you were at the Cadet World Team Trials. You were at the U23 World Team Trials. Initial takeaways from both of those events. The thing that comes to mind, first of all, is just how high level the cadets are right now in the United States. It's staggering how good some of these young wrestlers are. and Man, I was I was blown away, top to bottom, and I think this team is seems going to win a lot of medals over in Sofia, Bulgaria, particularly on the freestyle side of things. But there's some incredible storylines, both at the uh, cadet and U23 level. I mean, Steve O'Poolin, eight years old, becomes a viral sensation when he's got the mohawk and he's throwing people all over the place, and how that kid is eight, nine years later, been able to withstand all the pressure and the target that he's had to wear in the years since. It, it's mind-blowing to me what he's gone through and just a phenomenal wrestler. You know, you you wonder when with the pressure that he's got to deal with for for that long, how's he going to perform? I wondered when that video came out, where, where's he going to be when he's a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school? And man, he is, he's got tremendous skills and mentally tough too and boy, he looked exceptional out in Akron uh, that was a that was a great story Muhammad McBride guy for uh, University of Buffalo who uh, was homeschooled didn't wrestle in high school graduates with a bachelor's degree at the age of 18 he's on the U23 team now at 79 kilos didn't know a whole lot about his story but uh, that's a it's a great story just some uh, some other ones that were really interesting. Corey Land from Alabama was in the finals in freestyle, made made the Greco team. He's never flown. He's going to have to fly to uh, Sofia, Bulgaria. But uh, pretty fitting that his name is Land and he's never flown. But then some others uh, I wrote about uh, this week. Braxton Mikesell out at Spokane, Washington, made the freestyle finals, made the Greco team, runner-up in freestyle. Having to drive... 
six hours round trip to find quality workout partners. You're kind of off on your own island out there in, in Washington as far as wrestling goes. It's a little bit of the Bermuda Triangle. The nearest D1 program is Oregon State, seven hours away. And just really hard for him to find workout partners. But credit to his father, Brent, who was a world record-setting powerlifter, squatted uh, 1,100-plus pounds. And he's just committed to making sure that his son has all the opportunities to be successful. And so they hop in their Dodge Charger, and they drive six hours round trip once or twice a week to get him good workouts and just an incredible story there. I could go on and on probably for 15 minutes about uh, some of the other great stories that uh, we encountered out there, but uh, really excited about the cadet team. And, and certainly there's some good storylines with the U23 team as well. One of our mailbag items, our only mailbag item comes from Scott Beck. We love it when Scott Beck chimes in, he just said, Look at the Pletcher Ironman match two around the one minute and 10 second mark uh, left quad pod only one point. What he's saying is that uh, it's the push out or the step out rule. He's saying that in that situation, you're probably going to give up a, a two, but they're only giving you a point when you go out of bounds. He'd like to see that worth two points. I'm starting to agree with him and we're calling that the back rule or you've just got backed. That's the new terminology for that. It's not official, but we're going to call it that. And we have called it that. And you've seen examples of that. I think that Scott's proud when you see it, not necessarily me, because you weren't fully bought in at first. Yeah, but he's the guy I think of now when I see situations like that. He's brought it to our attention. And so, of course, every time we see something like that, we, we think of Scott Beck. So I, I haven't seen that instance yet. I think I was over in the the mix zone grabbing. Uh, I don't know if we were talking to Chaz Tucker or who we were talking to at that point when that match went down, but uh, eager to go back and watch that series. Here's the other thing, too. I got to bring this up. Is you, you hear this statement that's all in the past. Not for me, Andy. Not for me. And it comes to this because we have a great staff member our vice president at Sports Engine, where we work, Travis Shives. I've done a whole lot of digging on his career. I don't know if he knew this, but I've done a lot of digging on his career. Third place finisher in Division Two for Minnesota State Mankato. The guy that he wrestled 10 times, never beat him. Guy named Brahman Creighton. So get this, Brahman Creighton won two national championships for Nebraska-Omaha. 1999, the year he won his second championship, he wrestled Doug Schwab in the third and fourth place match at the Nebraska Omaha Open. Brahman Creighton won that match. So the Division II champion that year beat the Division I champion, Doug Schwab, that year. Guess who got beat by him in the semifinals? That's Travis Shives. The funny thing to me about Brahman Creighton, and the other thing too, Brahman Creighton was born in Waterloo, Iowa. Doug Schwab coaches at Cedar Falls in, at the University of Northern Iowa. They're towns right next to each other for those who don't know brahman creighton when i texted him about these matches he can absolutely give you with precision what happened in all of those matches it's eerie it's kind of like you with baseball i mean you can go down the line you can remember hits you had you can remember pitch counts kind of like what's your favorite movie there bull durham where they had that scene where he knew exact pitch counts and what happened that's brahman creighton i love this stuff and so if you think I'm just going to think it's all in the past, Andy, it's not. You hit, what, average 406 in high school? I want to know these things. Was it 406 or 411? Which year? Well, which year, exactly. 
you you batted over 400 one of those years and you called it a soft four or something like that but i love this stuff i love knowing more about people's careers and the more you don't want me to dig the more i'm going to find out that's why you teach history class that's why we have history class with mr klingman right there and not only that but you're a workhorse kyle you are a workhorse we're workhorses we're not show points so let's keep it in perspective love that quote because I, we, we're both workhorses, but we want to be show ponies too, because that's why we're doing this show. That's why we do a podcast. But hey, I love this stuff. When Brahman Creighton breaks it down, he talked about Travis Shives putting him on his back, almost put him away for one of those matches. Says a lot about Travis Shives that he got beat in the semifinals and came back for third place. And I know that those losses hurt him. But that's why he's great at what he does now. It's because he didn't settle. He just would have said, ah, it, it didn't bother him. He was going to try to beat Brahman Creighton if he could. It never happened. But you know what? Travis Shives is one of the smartest guys, one of the most intellectual people I know, and a guy that I would rely on and go to for advice on anything. That guy's sharp. 100%. Yeah. And so. And a loyal listener of On the Mat. Well, exactly. And, and I like that. But it's, it doesn't matter if it's. D2, D1, NAIA, Junior College, California Junior College, I want to know it all. Now, and I'll give you another example about this, too. Go back to 1995. I don't think you were following wrestling at that point. You may have been just starting out in college. Yeah, I don't think that's you'd my even freshman your, year in college. Yeah. Spring Fresh, of 95. Spring of 95. Here, here's one thing. I'd, I'd love our listeners to help me out on this to make sure my memory's right. I think there's only one example in the history of the NCAA championships where two wrestlers have wrestled three times against each other in the same tournament. How's that possible? Well, they wrestled once on the championship side. It got protested. They had to re-wrestle, and then they wrestled for fifth and sixth place. Here's the other thing that's funny about that. It was Steve Bayer of Nebraska against Tim Harris of Minnesota. Steve Bayer was at Minnesota, transferred to Nebraska. So you have a guy that was at Minnesota going against another Minnesota guy three times in the same tournament. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. So, and just because it happened last year, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, it's all current to me, buddy. And we're going to find information. You know, we don't have you teaching math class with Mr. Klingman. We don't have you teaching science class with Mr. Klingman. It's history class with Mr. Klingman. But it's not. And that's why you're great, Kyle. That's, that's your wheelhouse. Right. But I don't even like the term history because it's all current to me. It's all in the same. Once it gets in there, once it pulls together, that's why track wrestling so brilliant is because it's all there. You can access it at any time. You can go back and get results because it's all part of the same process. And so having this footage to go back to to be able to watch past matches, to go back and watch the World Cup from Iowa City here when it was in the United States, that's special, man. That's special to be able to do that. So that's why I think track wrestling provides such a great service. Yeah. And think about uh, where we'll be in 10 years from now when we've got a new crop of senior level stars. And we could go back and watch where they were in their junior high days with events where we've streamed them in the past. That's going to be really exciting. Oh, it's fantastic. And just think about when... We have this opportunity, and we're going to be able to talk to Aaron Brooks here in just a little bit. 
we get to go back and watch that when he wins a championship or whatever he does, whatever his credentials, if he does something great, we can go back and say, hey, remember when he was at the cadets? Hey, watch this. See what he looked like when he broke a guy in the first two minutes. That's just going to be fun footage to be able yeah. to have and, yep. and reuse and resurrect. So I just think that just furthers the value of why you want to watch it now. You want to be able to see that. You want to be able to study it because, and I don't know how you are, but I have pockets at times where maybe I didn't catch an event or maybe I did, but I know when I did, it certainly makes me a better wrestling fan. It helps educate me more going out to the challenge tournament in Raleigh, North Carolina. That, that helps me for the future and helps me understand the sport better. So the more you can watch those, become engaged and become educated by it, you just become more knowledgeable about this sport. And you become a better fan, which is what we're all pushing for. Can't say it any better than that. I know. You really can't. I, I nailed it there, didn't I? You did. I know. I, I, I'm not the line in Talladega Nights or they're at the dinner scene. Like the- I, all I know is that, I mean, I... Yeah, there's a lot of great lines in that. I don't know which one you're talking about. That might from even that, be but, Talladega Nights. Yeah, but I'm definitely a workhorse here. You are a workhorse. <laughs> we're workhorses. We're not show points. So let's keep it in perspective. Let's keep it in perspective, though, Kyle. I know. And we need to get checked in on that. But the perspective right now is we have some great competitions coming up. It, it doesn't end. There's no off season for this. I think probably the norm is you, most wrestling fans get checked in during the college season. But... Not us. We're in it all the time. And I love this. 24-7, 365. I love, I love wrestling. And I'd prefer not to even call wrestling a sport because it isn't. It's not a sport. It's way more than that. It's a way of life. It really is. It's a way of life. What else do you want to chat about before we get to Richie Figaro? Any other highlights from this past tournament? Anything that strikes you that we need to mention? Oh, there's so many things. Dalton Roberts, his interview was classic. Goes down to the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament at 60 kilos. And of course, he was a senior World Team member in Greco last year at 60. And finishes fourth in the Challenge Tournament. He talked about putting a lot of pressure on himself this year. And it's just been really, you know, he said a weird year for him and felt a lot of pressure and didn't really perform the way he wanted to down in Raleigh. And Decides coming out of that that uh, he's going to wrestle 63 kilos instead. And so he's kind of keeping it under wraps. He just wanted to go in that tournament unseated and get the toughest guys right away. And so going up three kilos, he he's said that uh, he spent the last couple, three weeks uh, drinking a little more beer, eating a little more pizza and went in happy and uh Eight Outback Steakhouse the night before the the tournament and goes in wins the tournament makes the the U twenty three World Team and pretty interesting to see how guys can perform when they just kind of loosen their minds up a little bit and decide you know what I got nothing to lose here I'm gonna let it fly and what a tremendous tournament he had and and, and just taking that there's so much to that because what what do you always say the best matches you see are in in practice. So some of the best matches that I've ever seen took place in practices. Those are so much fun because because of what you just said. You let loose, you cut cut it free. You just have so much fun, and you're trying things. You don't really worry about if you get thrown to your back. And I think it sounds like that's what Dalton Roberts was doing right there. He just cut loose and said, "All right, let's take the regulator off. Let's make make this fun." Mind is a powerful thing. It can. Uh 
get in your way or it can be your biggest asset. And when he's out there uh, letting it rip a little bit, uh, it could results. We see that a lot too, that, that guys that just get in a position where they're, they're not uh, inhibited by expectations or I've just got to win. And I think that that's why you've seen some guys like Kyle Snyder and David Taylor that have had such high level success. Kyle Snyder, you hear him talk a lot about just the process and trying to see how great he can become. David Taylor, he's out there thinking about just scoring as many points as he can the next point and not thinking about what, what the scoreboard says, but how can I go score the next takedown? How can I win the next position? And, and ultimately that's going to put him in a good place. And I think some of the, the perspectives that we've been able to learn a little bit more about here in recent years, the high levels, uh, the highest level athletes in our, our country, what makes them tick. It's been, it's been fascinating because they're not driven by winning per se. It's more about becoming the greatest version of themselves. Very much so. And I think that's just a, a trend that you see all the time is that you brought up Kyle Snyder. That, that dude is just so poised, doesn't get rattled, just able to take it all in stride. You go back, one, one example is you just think about when he got taken down pretty hard by Kyvin Gadsden at last year's Final X, and he just got up and he just went back to work. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't let it worry him. He just knew he had it in his arsenal and just didn't get rattled, stay composed. Yeah, and you, you look at uh, recent years too, he is taking a loss here or there throughout the year and finds a way to, to get better from it. Gets pinned by Kyvin Gadsden in the NCAA Finals, wins a world title that year. Suffers some losses, I think. Uh, like what, he lost a bolt to Kyiv maybe at the, the Uregan in 2016, comes back, wins Olympic gold. He's just found a way to not be deterred by a little setback here and there and usually typically comes back better than, than he was before. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, fascinated by how some of the, the minds work at this age. You know, when I'm, when I'm 22 years old, I, you know, I was such a bonehead when I was 22, 23 that I wasn't thinking about this stuff. Well, yeah. And I, I just even, it, it's just, Visually, I can close my eyes and I can see it when they were recognizing the 2017 men's freestyle team winning the world championships, the team world championships. They did a ceremony at the 2018 NCAA championships. So it had been about five, six months later. They had the team out there, some of the members of the team and Kyle Snyder was out there and he was competing later that day (laughs) and so they did it a few matches in he just had his hands in his pockets looked relaxed looked like it didn't bother him and what he do he went out there and won his third ncaa championship so he just he stays composed and and it's just a a different type of mentality right now that more kids are tapping into and i think you're gonna hear that come through in our interviews later I just think you're going to hear that these kids are at a different level and they're thinking at a different level. And it's just fun to see how far they've come and how good they are at this early age. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They're so advanced right now. And there's so many of them that are highly skilled and so mentally strong. The wrestling out there, Kyle, I wish you could have been there just to see the cadet trials in itself. I'll I'll leave it at that. Unless you have something else, we'll get to Richie Figueroa. I don't. Let's okay. talk to Richie. He had a scrap in a three match series against Jordan Williams and showed a lot of a lot of guts coming back after dropping the first one. 
Let's go out to California and get them. Our first guest today will represent the United States at the Cadet World Championships. Last year, he got a silver medal. We'll see what happens this year. He'll be at 51 kilograms in freestyle wrestling. Richie Figueroa, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. You excited about this second opportunity at the Cadets? Oh, yes. I'm very excited. Go out there one more time to see if I can get a gold medal. What did getting a silver medal last year do for you? Um, it just made me a better wrestler for the uh, upcoming season. Just proved it my mistakes I did and became a better freestyler. What kind of mistakes did you zero in on that you've improved this year? Uh, just like I wasn't shooting that much and leaving my like uh, stand-up game, but now like the coaches I have, um, I've been working with them. They've been helping me, so I've been getting some shots in and a lot of better uh, skill levels then. When you wrestle at Cadet World Championships and you have been very involved in international wrestling, does the high school season almost become secondary for you? Uh, yeah, 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 it did. Yeah, what's called during wrestling season, um, for high school, uh, even though what's called, I won state twice, like, I still did the hard tournament, like Ironman, uh, Dog B, and just those uh, big tournaments to get me prepared for this coming up for championships. Making 51 kilos, is that pretty easy for you? Yeah, it was a seven-pound cut, so I kind of went up a weight. So, yeah, it felt good. Is that something you, you kind of want to stay in that zone where you can be in striking distance of the weight you need to make throughout the rest of your career? Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's weight. Um, I could, the weight. It's a good weight to be at um, and for, like, college, too. College, you're going to be a lifetime 25-pounder, you think? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, no no chance you'll bump up to 33 at some point? No. No. How did you come down to the decision of Arizona State? Uh, we had a camp. Uh, what's called, we had a camp over there, and we, uh, my mom took me, and <laughs> We went, and I just like the camp they ran and coaches there. They have a good uh, coaching staff and, and academics, too. You come from Selma, California. You've had some pretty strong individuals on that team. What's the wrestling culture like out there in Selma? Uh, it's crazy. It's very good. Um, a lot. Of, it's competitive. We have uh, top guys in our wrestling room. Like we have Jay, Christian Rodriguez. Uh, now we have Devin Murphy, uh, Tristan Lujan. So those are great workout partners and we always go at it in the wrestling room. Your sister, Gracie, she's on a uh, world team as well this year. Tell us about those scraps growing up with her. What was it like having her as a big sister? Who's also a competitive high level wrestler. Um, it was good. She showed me like things like all of this is like. You should like work on uh, differently. Like if you lose, you don't like let it get your head and stuff. Uh, just keep doing you and 
like you're good enough to do whatever you want and uh she just kept me like in a good mindset of, of the wrestling and like showed me some freestyle moves and stuff so i could improve in my game zeke jones wrestled his international career at predominantly 114 and a half pounds any chance you've had conversations with him about being at that lower weight no did you follow his career did you go back and and watch some of his matches see see what he did right oh yeah yeah i watched yeah he's very good very good very good who who did you like growing up who who were the guys that influenced you in this sport um i i don't really watch wrestling that much like I don't know why, but like I just didn't like I, my family never wrestled, but they just put me in and I started getting good at it, so I just kept with it. So I didn't have a really a really wrestling background growing up. How'd you get into it? It was uh, my mom's friend because I was doing MMA at the time, and she said like, "Oh, you should probably do wrestling." So my mom took me to um, the Tama Wrestling Club, and ever since I. I uh, went to the club. I always been wrestling with Dalmo and like other clubs too. How old were you when you got started? Uh, when I was seven. So did you get started first, or did Gracie? Oh, me! I started before my sister. So what? Uh, the living room battles. Who got the best of those growing up? Uh me for sure. Yeah, they get heated. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I got heated a lot of fist thrown and stuff. <laughs> Does that mean that you want to eventually get into MMA? Uh, yeah. Like, like what's called, we did MMA together, me and my sister, then, like, I started doing wrestling, then when she saw that I got a lot of attention, she started doing it, too, so, and she became good. When you look at that, when you look at California and the California State Tournament, I've never been, I've always wanted to go. You've been there. What's that like going one class, having all those people in a bracket, it's got to be daunting at some level. Um, like, yeah, like what's going on? It's not that big for me because I, I always, uh, when I was little, I always went to like national tournaments. So it was just like another tournament to me. Like I went to Tulsa as a kid, Reno, all those major like kid tournaments to get me prepared for high school for those big tournaments. So um, it just wasn't really too much. And it's kind of better in California, like in state, because you could just prove like who's the number one kid in, in the state. So when you say you don't watch much wrestling, does that mean you didn't watch the NCAA championships and watch Zahid Valencia win a second championship? Oh no, I watched that for sure. Okay, I watched that for sure. <laughs> you hit those yeah. up now. Do you do you hit up any live Arizona State meets? Um, no, no. Don't it's travel over there. Hard. Yeah, the only time like I got to see one was like the wrestle off is when they had the camp. Where's your training right now? What are you getting doing to get ready for the Cadet World Championships? Uh, I go to uh, what down here in Kellogg, well, where I like in Selma. I go to my coach, um, Cleo Lane, which is my sister's coach, and I drill with them and like practice with them. I mean, and then like. Let's go. Once I, uh, for like a two weeks or so, I go to um, Bosco with my other coach, uh, Coach Valencia. It's going back to Sunday in Akron. 
there are two returning medalists on this team, yourself and Alex Facundo. Interesting that you two were the were the two of the bunch that had to win the second and third match of those series to to move on and secure yeah. a spot on this uh, cadet world team. What does that tell you about the uh, the strength of the United States system at the cadet level? Uh, it's very tough. Um, everyone's competitive. Um, no one gives up. Always, everyone's trying to win. So whoever has a better day or who's the better uh, opponent. What kind of challenges did uh, Jordan Williams present in that series for you? Um, he was uh, long. He had a good wizard. And just about that, it, that's just that. He was just long and like strong. Like he was a strong, but like he had a good wizard, and so it was kind of hard to finish on him. But then I just made my adjustment with me and my coach, so I had to finish off quicker, like to my doubles or ankle picks. That's what I did. What kind of kind of thoughts run through your mind after you drop the first match of a, a best of three like that? You're a returning world silver medalist. I imagine you came in with expectations you're going to win the tournament, but when you're you're pressed against the wall like that. What, what what runs through your mind? Um, I was nervous. I was like, dang, I, I knew at least win win, so we could get that third match. But I just forgot about it, cleared my mind, and I just said, I'll get them next next round. So that's what I did. How do you like international travel? Um, it's fine. It's a, it's a good experience. Um, very different, and it's a uh, good memory to have hopefully there's more memories to come you're going to wrestle in your second cadet world championship as we said silver last year let's see if you can get gold this year you can watch that on track wrestling watch the cadets and the juniors and u23s on track wrestling we'll be following thank you for this interview and we wish you all the best thank you that was richie figueroa Silver medalist last year. So the theme right now is we've had a, or we will have a, another junior world silver medalist, a guy that did get it done at the cadet level. We have Aaron Brooks here in a little bit, but you just see a guy that, as you said, had his back against the wall, Andy, and found a way to make his, his second world championship team and excited to see what he he can do this year. It's an exciting team, the cadets. You look at uh, Robert Howard, Making his third team, he's won the Youth Olympic Games. Uh, high level performer, been battle tested. Alex Facundo, one of the top guys. You, you got some of the top guys in the 2021 class. Really uh, impressive collection of young talent. Uh, Facundo and Figueroa. They've been over to the World Championships. They've won medals. They're going to be in the mix, I think, to win titles. Then you got an exciting group of young guys. Jesse Mendez looked awesome out in Akron and ran through a really tough bracket. Man, Clayton Ory is a guy that besides having a glorious mullet, maybe the best mullet uh, perhaps in wrestling history. It's unprecedented. Over Sammy Brooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to see this thing, Kyle. Okay. It's a main. It's unbelievable. It's glorious. Besides that, the guy goes really hard and he's exceptionally skilled too and, and a lot of fun to watch. And so Hunter Katka, I mean, the guy looks like he's cut out of granite. Uh, there just aren't too many guys that walk around that look like Hunter Katka and can wrestle like Hunter Katka. And he's uh, had some high-level success in the past, overcome some injuries. There's just a lot of great storylines with that team. Ryan Sokol, Iowa commit, coming back from uh, 
a back injury that shelved him most of last year. He's starting to really show what he can do again and, and had a terrific tournament out in Akron. So there's just a, a lot of really uh, fun storylines on that team and, and looking forward to seeing how those guys perform over in Bulgaria. He said something interesting that I think is a trend is that he didn't really have a wrestling family, but he got in because of mixed martial arts. So yeah. I think that's it's a, usually the other way around, yeah, isn't it's it? Kinda, it's interesting how that works. You kind of just think that, yeah, I'm going to get into wrestling because of the end game of mixed martial arts. And he thought of mixed martial arts first. And think about where we were as a sport maybe a decade ago when we're losing top level senior athletes to MMA. And it was probably more of a, I don't know if adversarial role is the right way to put it, but uh, I think there are a lot of people that were concerned that uh, MMA was going to steal the top wrestlers and, and can, you know, probably be contribute to our demise at the senior level, but uh, it's kind of gone the other way. We found a way to retain those, those guys. And, and then uh, some others have navigated their way to uh, down that path and, and certainly raised the visibility of wrestling and helped quite a bit, I think in terms of exposure. We have a cadet team member. Now we get to a junior world championship team member. He's a superstar already. We get Aaron Brooks. What do you say we get to him? Let's do it. Our guest today is a cadet world champion, junior world silver medalist, four-time state wrestling champion, and we get a chance to see him compete at the junior worlds again this year. And you can watch that on track wrestling August 12th through 18th. Our guest today, Aaron Brooks. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're doing great. Now you're back home. You were in Colorado Springs. How's that transition going? Oh, it's great. I've been uh, getting fat, hanging out with friends. So um, it's nice to be on break for a long amount of time. So, you know, being with family and friends and just being back in the hometown. So it's been fun. Take us through that experience. That's a unique experience that you get a chance to do because you are an elite athlete. It's called the Elite Accelerator Program. And you get a chance to work with Kevin Jackson, who, of course, three-time world and Olympic champion. What was that experience like? Why did you decide to get into that program out of high school? Um, it was just great, you know, overall. Just for me, going and bettering myself. You know, I was working home, so it forced me to make decisions on my own and just kind of grow up more towards adulthood. And the wrestling part, you know, it speaks for itself here out there with the greatest in the world, greatest coaches, greatest wrestlers, you know, not just Kevin Jackson, wrestling with Jaden Cox every day and having him kind of as a mentor was great for all the guys out there, you know, and um, it was just, when you surround yourself by greatness, you know, you, you reach for that as well. So, you know, just all around, just grew and I uh, learned a lot about myself, you know, being away from home and just a different situation than I was used to, but it made me grow a lot. What was that like being around Jaden Cox? Of course, Jaden Cox, world champion, three-time NCAA champion, Olympic bronze medalist, world bronze medalist, has a ton of credentials. A little heavier than you, but what was that like wrestling with him and training with him? Um, you know, it, it pushes you because, you know, you feed off each other's energy. You know, one guy's working hard, you're working hard. You're, you're pushing each other. As hard as you can go, you know, running, running sprints or going to the house, you know, you're working hard together. Um, but wrestling with him every day, 
it's, you know, obviously he's, he's really, really good. So coming from a high school room where you're the best guy in the room in wrestling name, where you're kind of getting thrown around, you know what I mean? So you just, um, you know, you, you're learning from it. You get the brain as much as you can. Yeah, he, he taught me a lot of things as well. So um, it's a great experience. You just got to be positive about it. You know, never, never look at it the wrong way. Like, you know, you're learning from it, even though, you know, you're getting beat up on it. So. Take us through what that's like to have a coach and Kevin Jackson that's really focusing on you pretty much exclusively. You have some other guys in there in the EAP program, mm-hmm. but you get some one-on-one treatment. How is that different than being in a high school program or a program where there's a lot of wrestlers and not as much one-on-one? Um, yeah, I think that, that kind of speaks for itself. You know, the one-on-one, you get, to, you get more time with the coach. So you, you get more input, more feedback. Um, you get more coaching, you know. Like whenever you're in a high school room or a big room, he's got it. The coaches need to go around the room and focus on everyone. But whenever it's a smaller group, you know, you learn quicker because you can get through things faster with a smaller group of people or just by yourself. So you really excel at a higher rate whenever it's a situation like that. Aaron, it's obviously an unconventional route. A lot of people your age in your class, I mean, the vast majority went off and started their college careers. What made it worthwhile for you? What made it the right decision? What went into the decision to go out there for a year? Um, I mean, we knew it was what's best for me. And I think it's good for a lot of kids. Like, if you can handle the adversity, you're going to go out there and get better. You're going to learn. So, I mean, you go into college, and um, whenever you're first done in there, you know, you're red-shirting, kind of. It's kind of like that, but you're gray-shirting you know, kind of by yourself or out there with your super friends, so. I think it was just the best idea for me as well with that and me being who I am in freestyle, you know, and my goals for after collegiate wrestling. So just being at the Olympic training center was just good for me. And um, it was great timing heading into Penn State now. You play second at the cadet world team trials. You had your chance when that vacancy presented itself and then you went and won the cadet world championships how did you mentally yeah. prepare yourself to be in a position to win the world championships even though you didn't win the the cadet world team trials um i looked at it like i said i try to look at things you know in a positive way and when i lost the cadet trials i knew how i you know i kind of was cautious and stuff so after that you know I knew what all the people were doing. It was just, you know, not being carefree, but just wrestling free, you know, not holding myself back. And whenever I was preparing for the world championships, then I was like, this is kind of my second chance to right my wrongs. You know, I should be on the team in the first place because, you know, I believe I was the best. Even though I lost, I just knew I, I hadn't performed to my best ability. So, you know, I looked at it as, uh, this is, uh, this is meant to be, this is my chance to do what I should have done. Aaron, if memory serves me correct, you brought your own flag to Greece, right? Yeah. So you're planning on winning gold. Yeah. What did okay. uh, what did that tournament do for mentality before and after? How did how did things change in your mind when when you not only think you can win a world title or you're one of the best guys in the world, but then you have tangible proof of it? How did that change things for you? You know, just um. It changed a lot of ways that I go into matches now. Like before, 
uh, cadet world, I'd go into a match, you know, I'd be thinking like, um, you know, just, I, I was, I don't know where my mind was. You know, I wasn't, I was thinking about wrestling, but whenever I was in Greece and I was getting ready to wrestle, I would get so excited. I would, uh, I would almost be like, uh, if a killer be killed attitude, wrestling in there. So, you know, I'd step on the mat and I'd be like, just super, so excited to just go out there and just whoop on somebody. So, um, I think it was just an attitude. Like now when I go in the competition, it's like, I, I tell myself, it's, it's really in my hands, you know, just wrestle, have fun with it. And just not putting the you know, pressure on myself like, like I did, like I used to do when I was younger. You know, just going out there and the best is all you can really get. So, you know, I'm going out there and having fun and doing what I do. I do that every month now and um, it's been working for me, you know, and having fun and smiling. Okay. One of my favorite stories is when Andy pulled up a up his laptop and said, you got to see this guy, Aaron Brooks at the cadet world championships. And he showed me your matches. And I think there was a match where he actually broke a guy in the the first minute. And it was everything that you'd want to see out of a wrestling match. It was power technique. It was confidence on the mat conditioning. When you have that, when you have a situation where you, you can break a guy in, in the first couple minutes there, what, what does that feel like? What kind of confidence does that give you? I'm just way you're doing the right thing. Like, um, and it just gets your momentum going, especially in a big tournament like that. So, um, that's been great. I have to, I don't know what Matt was talking about. I was against the Georgian. Yeah. And, um, it was, that was a great feeling. You know, it just, you just, you know, you're mentally in the guy's head and he's broken. Yeah, I think you, uh, ran him in circles. You were circling and shooting so much. I think you got him dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as, Go, going back to Kevin Jackson and his style of coaching, it seems like you guys meshed really well. What what does he bring that's uh, that's unique that really helped you to build into your Penn State experience? Um, coach Coach KJ brings intensity. Like he's not. And when I say that, he's not like the coach that's like, oh, he's sprint, 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 sprint. But he's like, um, when I step on that, it's time to go hard. You know, like um. It's yeah, like a, one thing he told us. I remember before cadets, like he said, world championships aren't won; they're taken. So just um, that kind of mindset is just like go hard, you know, be yourself, relax, breathe, and wrestle. But I'm trying to get this dude out the way, you know, stuff like. So that's what I mean, like that mentality, and then adding that to me um, helped me a lot. Just going out there and just trying to dominate somebody and blow through them and not just win by one and stuff like that. I'm trying to get this dude out of here and, you know, just, just being that, that kind of intensity he brings to the table. We're talking with Aaron Brooks and you can watch him live on track wrestling. Track wrestling will be streaming the junior world championships, August 12th through 18th. Well worth your investment to watch the juniors, particularly because of Aaron Brooks. And we get a chance to continue our conversation with him right now. And looking at that opportunity, looking toward your second chance at the Junior Worlds, what do you want to be able to accomplish with the Junior Worlds besides just winning a gold medal? I think we know your mentality, but how are you approaching this? How is this opportunity going to leverage you into further international wrestling and then collegiate wrestling at Penn State? Um, I'm excited. You know, to compete at that level again, it's always fun to be in a world championship. But um, this tournament, you know, 
not being the world championships. I really just want to, I don't want to have any, I want to dominate everybody. I don't want to have any close matches. I don't want to, you know, get down to the last 30 seconds, way right in defense. Like if it gets there, you know, I'll, I'll be ready. But, um, I just want to, I want to really separate myself from the junior division this year because I know seniors is after that. I know I still have one more year juniors after this, but I don't plan on getting juniors next year. So, Aaron, you take a look back at uh, last year's performance in Slovakia, silver. When you step away from that tournament and you wanted to uh, look at how you could advance your wrestling, what were areas where you feel like you could make the biggest gains, where you needed to make the biggest gains? Um, so I, my offense is—I've always been able to be I think my offense was good. I could have been, you know, I could have kept a, I had the gas tank to push the pace really, really hard, but I think I was cautious about it. So I think, um, really open up more and really show that offense more. But the most important thing I took from that was my defense. You know, when people get to my legs, I wouldn't really defend. I'd look for one like funk move or something and kind of give up. Um, baseline defense is a difference. You know, just a simple scroll. Simple, uh, give him some hips, you know, stuff like that. And my parts are turned, which have gotten a lot better from being out there to for a year. Like, uh, this year at the US Open and trials, I got a lot of turns on top. So, um, it's really, you know, fast paced offense, shut down defense, uh, baseline defense and good turns on top. But it get those guys out of there. When you look forward to 2020, your your first year at Penn State, uh, the Olympic year on the horizon, what what does 2020 look like for you? Do do you anticipate you'll redshirt? Do you think you'll be in the lineup? Do you you plan on uh, pursuing Tokyo? I mean, are you are you going to be at 86 kilos? What does what does 2020 look like for you? Um. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not 100 sure about the Penn State lineup. Um. I'm not sure what I'll be doing. You know, they have uh, some guys that I just got some more years and stuff like that. So, you know, if I redshirt, I'll be getting ready for 2020, 86 kg. Even if I don't redshirt, I'll wrestle the, you know, wrestle the year, wrestle the season. And um, also, I love wrestling freestyle, so I'll still be wrestling 2020. So, So. But yeah, I'll never make seventy-four kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wrestled at the Midlands this past December. What'd you gain out of that experience? Um, you know, it's just when it comes to the college wrestling, I noticed um, a lot of guys won't be at your skill level. You know, they just wanna they just wanna hand fight with you and slow you down a lot, which folk style, you know, people can do. So you know, you just gotta be more savvy and you know have your top tones and. More folk style guys, when I say that, you know, there's guys, uh, when you wrestle folk style, it's, it's a lot different. Like, if you guys wrestle on folk style, and you say wrestle on freestyle, one guy gets absolutely destroyed. So, um, just looking at folk style, it's a lot more based, um, so a lot, of, a lot more closer matches if you let it be that way. You know, like people, people are still facing it for me, folk style, I realize so. Was it a tough? Okay. Was it a tough decision to pick Penn State to wrestle collegiately? No, it was easy. (laughs) 
I think just seeing, yeah, in seeing the results and you know, it's it's when it comes to the the results, that's that's not a hard one to pick. Kyle Snyder's from Maryland too. There wasn't a little push there from Kyle Snyder to get you to Ohio State. Uh, he, he, we talked a little bit. Um, I had him up. I think like before I committed, he was at the hearing, and I was asking him, you know, what made him choose Ohio State, stuff like that. And, and he just told me, you know, this is what's best for you, whatever fits fits best for you. But he gave me his honest opinion and stuff. So, but yeah, we we spoke about it not too much, maybe once or twice. Now, what's going on in Maryland? A lot of good things. You got Helen Marulish, you have Kyle Snyder, you're coming out of there, Pat Downey. Seems like there's some good things rolling in your state. Yeah, um Maryland's always been one of those states where like see, a lot of states will have like a big bundle of people, you know, come out like PA will. They'll have a huge wave of kids, but when it comes to Maryland, I think whenever you do get somebody, that's good. Like they're one hundred percent legit. So when we have somebody that scratches the surface, you get the uh, Kyle Snyder's, Helens, and Pat Downing's, you know? So it's like, we don't, we, which we're getting there, like, we're getting the big waves of kids, but when people do make it out, it's, um, they're, they're A1. So we got some good stuff going on, you know, Maryland. They're on the come up. We're a small state, so it's been a little difficult. And we had, uh, Maryland kind of split with youth wrestling, which did really help the kids, but it's kind of coming back together and, Programs are getting back, and it's, it's going good. Pat Downey's your Olympic weight. Have you guys trained together, wrestled together? Uh, we we trained at the OTC. We just we were drill partners one go. But when he came down, actually before Cadet Worlds 2017, I um, me and my dad hit him up, and he came down and trained with me before Greece. So he's uh, he's real cool. Me and Pat get along real well. Take us through. You talked about your dad there. What what has he meant to your career? Oh, he's uh people mess with him. I mean, he's my dad. You know, he's my supporter. But a lot of people mess with him. They call him like my like my manager and agent. <laughs> like uh, he's um he sacrificed a lot for me to be where I'm at today, as a lot of other people have. But um he was kind of the first, you know, to really put that much time into me and. He's always believed in me, you know, and means a lot. Always showed me love, you know, no matter what, whether it was or winning, because he knows. And we both know what I can be, you know, so. What kind of sacrifices did he make to help you along this journey? Um, I mean, it, it goes, it goes long, you know, like um, work hours to be able to take me and my brother to practice and uh, driving two hours back and forth for practices and, all kinds of stuff like that, you know. Um, he does a lot, like even the little things. You know, he'll stay up late. He'll scout the Europeans, but he's probably going to do soon. European juniors, you know. So, do you think he'll be over in Estonia, or is he going to be watching domestically? Uh, I don't know. He was in Slovakia last year, but he wasn't in Greece the year before. So we'll see. Um, I know if he can't be there, he will be. If not, he'll be watching back at home. Well, not, we mentioned that you're home right now, so you have a little bit of a transition period. Of course, you're training, but what what does the next month look like for you as you prepare to go to college, as you prepare for the Junior World Championships? How are you going to take this month and, and better yourself? Yeah, so um, I, right now, my birthday is like June 15th, 
So it's coming up soon. So right now, yeah, I'm still chilling. I'll, I'll go to the gym and lift. Um, I'll go to the local mat room and just help out with the kids and stuff. But um, I go up to, after my birthday, like a week later, I go up to Penn State. And that's when I'm going to for classes and start training. So real soon here, towards the end of June, I'll be back and training at that Penn State and on campus and taking classes and stuff. So. Did the EAP program prepare you academically for what you're going to have at Penn State? Yeah, they do. Um, especially, so for me, I was very suited. But if you're still in high school, you actually, you still go to high school out there. You can go to the school or you can, we would take, uh, it was like a study hall. We also have classes in our dorm, you know, online. And we would go to study hall and um, do our online work. For me, mine wasn't like, for a class, it was an online program that would go uh, based off my results. We have the stuff I was doing, you know, kind of on my own time, or whichever programs I wanted. If I wanted an English program or a math, but if you're in high school, like I said, especially you can uh, you can graduate out there, and, or if you want, you could go to the school that they have out there. Aaron, you guys obviously weren't on a team, so to speak, out there with the AP. But uh, uh, you, you yeah. guys kind of traveled in a pack and went to the same tournaments. Yeah. Uh, you went a lot of different places together. What was the camaraderie like with you and in, in that group? We became real close. Uh, yeah, yes, that it just happened. We became real close. Just you know, we lived in the same dorm building and stuff, and practiced with each other every day and lifted every day, ate together every day. So we became real close to each other, and when it. I think it really showed in Vegas when it, when one was wrestling. If we could be, if we weren't coming up, we'd all be in each other's corners and cheering each other on. Like I think for my finals at the U.S. Open, there was about five people in my corner, and it was just all of us. You know, they were all just there supporting me, and you know we did that for each other. So uh, we all have each other's backs. We all just don't keep in touch and and whatnot. So, but it was a brotherhood. We talk about Kevin Jackson, Jaden Cox, but a couple other good coaches out there, Joe Russell and Bill Zadick. Did you get to know them pretty well? Yeah, we did. Um, anytime. Yeah, they always want to get us off campus. You know, um, so if they were having a cookout or something, we'd go over. Same with Coach KJ. But um, they'd take us to church. You know, we would do church with Coach Zadick and his wife a couple of times and um, went over to Coach Joe's. And we always just hang out and stuff, so. Or if he come in the mat room and they would coach us. Yeah, we have three coaches in there, so it's a bigger group that day. And um, you know, we all like I said, we all were a great group. It was a great time. That sounds like Colorado Springs will be a, a home away from home for you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was weird. At one point I came home in like December for the holidays and all. I was like, Man, I miss Colorado. I was like, That's weird. <laughs> Didn't think I miss it there. Did, did you hit up the cog trail, the railroad tracks there, and do that? Yeah, they they never do that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, whatever, whatever. There's nothing else to do. They all right, hit the cog. So how uh, how tough was that for you? Did you do you nail it the first time? Oh uh, no no, my first time never. So my first time never. I went out like I went out after the bet challenge, like two weeks in. World team camp had ended, but I was still there by myself for like an extra week before Fargo. And Coach KJ, 
he didn't have like anything to do with me. We didn't have any partners and stuff. So he like put me on the incline. And I remember we we're driving up and he was telling me like, try your best on this thing. Uh, if you get tired, you know, walk for first time. And I'm thinking in my head like, man, close don't know. I'm like, I'm about to nail this thing. I'm about to run up the whole thing. But not. So like, I didn't even bring a water bottle. So I get up there, I put on my headphones and I'm running for like two minutes. And I could do not. It was probably the most tired I've ever been in my life. I had to pull over to the side. Like, I thought I was dying. It was terrible. But uh, it was funny. But we get used to it. So, come on, my first time was bad. Yeah. Like 45 minutes. This has been a lot of fun chatting with you. It's going to be a lot of fun watching you at the Junior World Championships. Make sure to catch that stream August 12th through the 18th on Track Wrestling. We can't wait to watch it. And we are really thankful that you were part of this program. Can't wait to see all you're going to do at the Junior Worlds this year. All right. Thank you, guys. You bet. That was Aaron Brooks, Junior World Silver last year, Cadet World Champion, question mark on what's going to happen in this upcoming season. But regardless, you're going to want to tune into that and check that out because Junior Worlds, as you've become accustomed to, Andy, is one of the best tournaments you can watch. I don't know where you'd put it in your pecking order, but I'd say it's got to be right up there with one of the the tournaments that is the marquee tournament. I'd say as far as just prestige, having that junior world championship on your resume, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that consider that as obviously one of the premier tournaments on the planet. You know, you you talk about the Olympic games, world championships at the senior levels, your Regan, uh, some of the tournaments like that. And then uh, not far behind junior world championships, because a lot of those guys are stepping out from junior worlds, getting ready to have success right away at the senior level. So it's, it's a pretty impressive field. There's high, high level wrestling at that tournament. Ask Randy Lewis about that sometime. Here's a two time NCAA champion, Olympic gold medalist. And he gets a little testy when people don't bring up his junior world championship. That's a big deal to him. And I think that more and more as you see the the level going up in, in our country for international wrestling, I think the junior world, you're going to see these guys and look back at who was junior world champions as we still do. And you're going to say, man, that was a, that's a big tournament to win. Well, look at two years ago, the team that, that won the 2017 junior world championship, the men freestyle team, Dayton Fix is in final X, Ryan Deacon is in Final X. Cable Stevenson is in Final X. Hasn't taken them long to adjust to that next level. And then you got other guys like uh, Colin Moore was on that team. He was in the U23 World Finals a year ago. Um, Mark Hall obviously had a dominant performance up there in Finland. He's uh, had high-level success before and certainly after winning an NCAA title. But... Uh, and it's uh, it's a pretty impressive tournament, and certainly that team that the United States fielded a couple of years ago, they got on a roll, and uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Those guys, I think, they ran through an entire session, I think, on the second day of men's freestyle where they didn't have a loss, and, and that was something to see. No reason not to watch it. We have the access now, so log on, find that tournament, August 12th through 18th. You can watch it live on Track Wrestling. We're not going to miss it. I don't know who's going to be there, if it's going to be you, if it's going to be me, but whoever it is. The other we'll have a wrestle-off for it. Yeah, we'll have a wrestle-off, but we'll be watching live on Track Wrestling. We had a blast with Aaron Brooks. 
As always, for Andrew Timo Hamilton, I'm Kyle Klingman. You have been listening to On The Mat. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.